Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Pleasure Priority Podcast with me, Amber Taylor. This is the podcast all about how you can have the audacity to put yourself and your pleasure first, which ultimately shapes a life perfect for you. We discuss friends and family, career and money, oppression, healing, and mental health, current events, and historical ones too. Basically, all things life and pleasure and how you can create more of it authentically. I'm your host, Amber Taylor, and it's my pleasure to talk to you every week. Let's tune in. Hello, 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 my friends, and welcome back to the Pleasure Priority Podcast. First of all, it is June. Well, it is the first podcast that I am releasing in June. So I need to just say happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, y'all. It is, it's going to be a good one. But anywho, jumping right into it, today we are talking intuition versus ego. So y'all know what time it is. Definition time. So what's intuition? The Webster definition says, intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. But it's also that small voice within you that rarely shouts or yells and checks in with you and guides you. It's always there, but we have to work on the accessibility to it being open and willing to hear and listen to it. A lot of people relate it to a sixth sense or a gut knowing. And that makes sense because so much of our conscious connection to our body happens within our gut. And then on the other side of things, ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. From the psychoanalysis side, It's the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and unconscious, and it's responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. From the philosophy side, it's a conscious thinking subject. So on one side of things, we have this internal knowing, this bodily response, this conscious connection between self and communication between mind and body. And then on the other side, we have this power struggle between what's real, what we can create to be real, what we are consciously aware of in reality, and what we can imagine to be possible. And based on who you are, where you grew up, what's happened to you, your own biases, all that kind of stuff shapes your ego and your relationship to it. But there's so much that can make it difficult for us to listen to our intuition or our ego or know the difference between them. And so much that can get in the way of our own internal knowing. For starters, the oppressive structures and systems that we live under, the ones designed to Tell us how to be, tell us how to act, tell us what's right, tell us what's wrong, tell us how we should be, how we should be feeling and what we should be doing and where we should be in life and all these different things that 
take us away from our own internal knowing, our own internal path and what's right for us and puts us on the trajectory of what's okay for the masses, what benefits the people in power, what takes people out of their own agency and makes them easier to control and manipulate and serve. But these different aspects of systemic oppression, socialization, patriarchy, and so on and so forth really invite us to disconnect from our own inner knowing, disconnect from ourself, disconnect from what we know is right for us in lieu of somebody else's greater picture. Just as a quick example, think of the Salem witch trials and how easy it was for people to literally be burned at the stake if someone didn't agree with their way of being or how something happened or simply because they're a woman that thinks or does something differently than others and how scary it must have been and has continued to be generationally to break from the status quo to listen to something that makes sense for you, even if it doesn't make sense for others, even if somebody can't really logically determine why it makes sense or scientifically determine why it makes sense. These things have been happening for generations, for centuries, and it instills the belief in us that in order to be safe, we must deny the voice in our head that guides us to our path and listen to the bigger voices in community and in society that are safer to follow. So yeah, we learned to disconnect. We learned not to trust the voice in us. We learned what's okay to say and not say, what's okay to do and not do, what's okay to try and not try. And over time, our socialized way of being has reshaped what we believe is possible, what we believe is real, what we believe that we can create, so has had a huge impact on our ego as well. But let me take some time to actually explain the ego a little bit more through the Freudian theory of personality. So the Freudian theory of personality operates on three main points of the personality structure, which is the id, the ego, and the superego. Okay, so the id is first. This is our first glimpse into our personality. It's what we're born with, and it's very infantile. It runs on pure instinct, desire, and need, and doesn't really consider reality. It's like, I want this. How can it happen? How can I make it happen? I need to have what I want. But of course, we can't have everything we want all the time. You know, it's just the reality of our humanity. (laughs) But that's where fantasies come in and where we learn to fantasize about what we want to satiate the desire for it. Then the rest of our personality builds out to keep the id in check. So the next part is the ego, which is the part of us that acknowledges and deals with reality. And it's the ego's job to rein in the desires of the id. So when id's like, ooh, I want that, and I want this, and I want that, and I want everything, 
our ego is there to be like, no, 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 you can't have all of that. You can't have everything or we can't have it in these ways. We need to be a little bit more realistic with what's possible. The ego's mission is to maximize pleasure, to minimize pain. And the key here to the ego is to avoid trouble. It's always going to look for the path of least resistance. And sometimes in that path, it goes away what from what you actually want because it's easier or less painful to have something that isn't exactly what you want. That's why it's so easy for us to settle and why we think this part of us, this realistic part of us is so necessarily and so helpful because it also creates the story around the id that represses unacceptable desires. So the ego operates by looking for the clearly defined and widely accepted reality. And it looks for what's acceptable within the terms of that current reality. So based on how we're socialized, oppressive structures, patriarchy, white supremacy, racism, misogyny, all the things that shape our reality in turn shapes our ego. And I'm just here to remind y'all that everything is made up. So when we allow our ego to operate in the reality of this is what's acceptable and this is what's not acceptable, this is what's okay and this is what's not okay, this is what you're allowed to have, this is what you're not allowed to have, and so on and so forth, especially when we put conditions on it, like this is what you're allowed to have unless you do X, Y, Z, or this is what you're allowed to have only if you do A, B, C. When we operate in that reality, our ego kind of takes it as like, okay, these are the rules of the game and I need to fit into this box. I need to change myself to be able to operate within these rules of the game. But when we only pay attention to our ego, we can't let our id's true needs, true desires, and true wants run free because we're operating within a defined, structured reality. And our id does not take that into consideration. Our id is just our deepest, truest desires. So at that point, it's also repressing the things that are unacceptable to the people in power. And I always want you to question if something's unacceptable, who is it unacceptable to? Because at the very root of it, most desires are acceptable. It's just how it's implemented and who it affects that may change that. So the shitty thing about operating in somebody else's reality or a version of reality as if it's your own is that you limit yourself to what's actually possible for you, what you can have and what's accessible for you to have because you're operating in a reality that's not truly yours. The third part of this personality structure is the superego. And the superego is the moral compass of your personality. So there are two parts to it, and they are the conscious and the ego ideal. Within the conscious is the part that forbids 
unacceptable behavior and punishes you with guilt. So if you do any of these quote unquote unacceptable behaviors and unacceptable is as you defined it, as each individual defines it, but based off the reality created by the ego. So if you do any of these unacceptable behaviors, the punishment is to try to make you not do those things in the future. So the superego literally makes you feel bad for things. And as we know, that's not a good deterrent to actually change behavior, but that's how our brain works to try to make us avoid certain behaviors. And then on the other side, the ideal ego or the ideal self. The ideal ego is who we see ourselves as our highest version of ourselves. Within the superego are the rules and standards for what a good person is. And again, you create those rules and standards. And when you're successful at following those standards for a good person, you're rewarded with pride or the ability to allow yourself to feel pride. But the goal of the superego is to attempt to transcend the realistic standards and aspire into moral standards. However, if your standards are skewed, like if your standards say, it's never okay to be late, I have to do things in this manner, if I'm a woman, I have to get married and have kids. If I want to invest in anything for myself, I have to get rid of my debt before I make an investment. I have to make sure that everyone around me and everyone I care about is good and taken care of before I take care of myself. If these are your standards, then you continue to create your life and make your decisions around meeting those standards. So if your ideas of what make you a good person are too high or too taxing, then your superego will never allow you to believe that you're a good person and you will always end up punishing yourself, making you feel guilt or shame for not meeting the standards that you set. And then over time, this can make you feel like a failure and make you feel like you're not good enough and all of those different things. And then on the other side, if your standards for what make you a quote unquote good person are too low, then your superego is going to always have you believing that you're amazing. You're the greatest. You can do no wrong. You never need to check or edit yourself. Everybody else is wrong. So I want to reiterate that these standards are based in person to person, but you know if they're too high or too low, if you're constantly in one of these states where you always feel bad, always feel like you're not good enough, always feel guilt and shame around everything versus on the other side, if you always feel like you're the best, always feel like other people are under you or can't keep up with you or that you can never fail or do no wrong or anything like that. Those are kind of the signs that you can check in and see, okay, maybe my standards for what I think is a quote unquote good person or the person I should be are a little skewed. And that's something that I can re-examine. That's something that I can change and 
I get to feel different based on what I believe and the reality that I create for myself and the desires that I have. So all these parts are necessary within your personality and they all have a role. But the part of that I really want you to focus on is that based on how you define your reality and what you allow or don't allow, what's okay or what's not okay, is your choice to determine. And you can let these things work for you, not always against you. And now with this extended definition of ego and personality, I want to point out a few more differences between intuition and ego. So intuition, as we already discussed, is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. And while ego is your conscious mind and the part of you that you consider yourself. So when we hear our intuition speaking, it's more of the soft voice, short and sweet. Like, yes, do that. Nope, don't do that. Stay, go, it's time, wait a minute. Just those little things that come to you and give you insight and guide you forward. The ego is more concerned with maintaining that sense of self and that level of reality and is willing to push down other things or other parts of yourself to meet the definition of that good person or that ideal person. And with ego, it can be really easy to not accept certain sides of yourself, especially the the shadow sides. If you think a certain part of you is bad or wrong, the ego can deny its existence, can bury it down deep, can really build a lot of shame and distrust for certain aspects of yourself that are just part of you and your humanity. And I think the duality of humanity really comes into play here or the multifaceted aspects of humanity. Because if you think like, oh, I'm a nice person, but you never allow yourself to not be nice. If you think that you can't yell or talk back, or speak up for yourself, or have a problem with somebody, or be angry, because that in and of itself doesn't make you, or no longer makes you a nice person, you're going to have some problems, (laughs) because we are so much more than one side of things. And there's a reason, there's a time, there's a place to not be that idea of that perfect version of ourselves in our heads. Honestly, most of the time, we don't need to be that person because that person is really hard to even exist. But we have to remind our ego and our super ego that we are human. We're not some shiny version of ourselves that's only the good sides all the time. That's not humanity. And we need to embrace those other sides, those shadow sides into us as well and understand that all of us is what makes our ideal self. Your ego is going to try to keep you shiny all the time. It's going to try to keep you that version of yourself that you see as perfect or higher or better And it's going to try to keep you in line with the reality that the shiny version of yourself aligns with. 
So the ego is going to try to make you steer clear of new things, steer clear of ambiguity, steer clear of pitfalls and potholes and all those types of things. It's going to give you prompts like, oh my God, what's everybody going to think? You can't do that. You've never done anything like that. How could you think you could do something like that? Who do you think you are? You don't do that. That's not you. It's going to do anything it can to keep you within your current reality and keep you as shiny as possible. It doesn't see things from a different angle. It doesn't see failure as a good thing. It doesn't see trying as a learning experience. It doesn't see things from your future self or your goals or who you want to be. It sees things from right here, right now, and what's currently true and possible. In exchange for learning and growing, it tries to hold you back and keep you safe and grounded in what's currently real now. But if you want more, if you want change, you got to get out of where you're at. And the ego prevents you from doing that. But this is where pleasure comes in because pleasure helps us connect back to our it. It helps us connect back to those desires, those fantasies, those imaginations, those possibilities of what could be different. What could change? What would it be like if I did satiate myself, if my needs were met? What would my reality change into or become? Pleasure is the revolving door to all things. When you allow both pleasure and intuition to move through you and be open to it, you then hear it more and experience it more. So when we open up to what we really want and what we truly desire, we're listening to our intuition and we're practicing our inner knowing. Those little nudges that tell us things that we may want, but may not even understand why, or they don't even fully make sense. When we listen to them, they open us up to all the blessings that come from that. Because there's so much that we logically and scientifically can't understand, but our intuition knows and guides us and pushes us towards. And oftentimes our intuition is future tense. We don't even know that we need or want something or we don't know why, but then when we listen to our intuition, it just makes sense later. So we must practice pleasure from a tangible physical sense as well as an intuitive sense. It goes both ways because when you practice, prioritize, and pursue your pleasures, you redefine what's allowed. You redefine what's acceptable and you and that work reintegrates back into your identity, your personality, and all those parts of you that are trying to keep you safe and trying to identify you as a good person. You get to reshape those parts to be more conducive to the type of person that you actually want to be instead of who you think you have to be. When you listen and redefine what morality and goodness and badness and all that stuff means to you, you reshape who you can actually be and who you have the capacity to be in this world, which in turn builds self-trust. 
that, oh, what's going to happen if I do this? I don't know what can happen. I don't know if it's going to work out. What if I fail? When you have self-trust, you don't rely on knowing everything. You don't need to control everything. You're more comfortable within ambiguity and letting things fall where they may and knowing that whenever whatever happens, you got you. And that's all you need to move forward. And continuing to build that trust through listening to your inner voice or your inner knowing without the need for logic or conscious reasoning. And then you can also give permission to yourself. The more you listen to your intuition, the more that you do what you want to do, the more, the more you meet your desires and give yourself what you want, the less you're looking for other people to do that for you. And you grant yourself the permission and acceptance for you to do it yourself. You also are significantly more satiated because you take the power back of giving yourself what you want and what you need. In that process, you also learn what you don't like. And that's so important of knowing what you don't like because it guides us into more of what we want, more of what's aligned to us, more of what makes sense for us, or it puts us in a position to create something new that works for us and people like us. It actually gives us the ability to discern and then make decisions off of our conscious discernment. Throughout this whole process, we can get significantly more clear on our fuck no's and fuck yeses. A big thing that I teach my clients is discernment. Discernment between what they actually want, what they don't want, what they think they want, what other people tell them that they want, what they want now versus what they want in the future, and really discerning between all of those things and deciding on purpose what works for the client best. If you'd like help or practice in learning your own discernment, definitely click the link in my show notes to see how we can work together and how I can help you. But that is all for today. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pleasure Priority Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If it's your pleasure, check me out on Instagram at Amber Taylor Coaching and my website, www.ambertaylorcoaching.com for more on increasing your pleasure across all aspects of life. As always, make sure to follow the show and check back each week for a new episode. I'd also love it if you'd leave an honest rating and review. And if you'd share the show with anyone else you think would benefit. Much love. Talk soon, friends.